Thanks for downloading this podcast from Brum Radio. For more programs, search our podcast page at brumradio.com. In the heart of Birmingham, one team to bring you your week in geek. It's the Geeky Brummy Show every Saturday, 12 till 1 on Brum Radio. And good afternoon and welcome to Geeky Brummy here on Brum Radio. It is going to be the world's most packed show today. We've got two hours, two hours of super geeky with, with you. Who decided this was a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> right, in the studio this week we have no, 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 Producer no. Dave is now Mr. Whitney has turned into Producer Dave. Be, be gentle with me, it's my first time. <laughs> transformed into his final form. Keith is in. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Keith, we missed you for a few weeks. I know, I know it sounds like weird to have heard myself on the radio when I wasn't actually here, but yeah, it's yeah. good to be back. Good to be back. George. Hello. Back with us. Hello. And of course, the master of tall tales. I, I'm going to turn that into your synonym now. I, I, I'm more than okay with that. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> right, so this week we're going to be talking about ice, which is now on live. We popped down this morning for a little quick run round and have some fun down there. We'll be talking about the world of Transformers Nation, which Dave and George went to for us and had a great time. So much Spoilers, fun. Yeah. So much fun. And we're going to be talking a little bit about Geek Out, where we were last week having also much great fun. Lots of fun. Lots of so lots much of fun. fun. I'm Batman, and I listen to the Geeky Brummy Show every Saturday at noon on Brum Radio. Into our first bit, Transformers Nation. George and Dave represented us there, and you had an absolutely amazing time, didn't you? Just a bit, yeah. (laughs) I I will confess now, neither of us are huge Transformers fans, but we're expecting to go and enjoy the cosplay. Uh, We've been there about half an hour, and we're going, we're coming back next year. We're coming back. This is amazing. Easiest decision we've made all year. Yeah. You're more of a Voltron fan, aren't you, Dave? Rather than Transformers fan. Um, Have you been swayed now? Sort of, yeah. I mean, I, I, I did used to watch the old cartoons like back when I was a kid, but I've never been sort of that into it. But yeah, just the atmosphere was beautiful. So everyone was so like friendly and inviting. You know, I, I can't say enough nice things about it. Yeah, definitely. The whole vibe was just fantastic. Everybody was clearly having a great time. It's very chilled. But I mean, yeah, we've been there about an hour, and I'd already become best friends with a six-year-old from Aberdeen who taught me all the names of the different Transformers, <laughs> and most of which I've forgotten. I'm sorry, small friend from Aberdeen. Well, we <laughs> can always visit the top really. deck if we you could. Want to get some more yeah. Names, <laughs> yeah, it was. Like I say, just you know, sitting there in the bar. It's a very different experience yeah. to any con I think either of us have ever been to. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah I would highly recommend to any Transformers fan. Definitely need to get yourself there for next time. It was yeah, amazing. definitely. Yeah, because I don't think people realise Transformers have been what thirty years now, is it Keith or twenty five? One of the two. It's, I think it's coming it's up to thirty. 30 yeah, yeah. It's it's coming up to thirty it's, years. It's so a good long time. It's got a, a lot and a lot of stuff since G1's come out where people mm-hmm. probably haven't realised mainly due to the explosion of the 80s cartoon you had the movie uh, Judd Nelson and Orson Welles great team up <laughs> but <laughs> since then you had multiple TV series you had a comic book series you've had books you've had computer games some amazing things you've had that you know Michael Bay masterpiece it lives in the sorry, same I, I'll see myself out sorry it lives <laughs> in the same box as Indiana Jones 4 <laughs> oh, this film yeah. never happened <laughs> Commons back to their Shire of Earth he has a lot yes. to answer for yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um, cosplay was a big thing there um, it was. We went along on the Saturday night to check out the cosplay competition, yeah. which they do in two categories for the the humanized and then the actual roboty versions. There are Transformers fans shouting at me for using the wrong term. What, mecha, pretenders, is that right? Yeah, there me- we mecha, go, yeah, the proper terminology. But it was just that the standard of the cosplay was absolutely outstanding. Even for me going, I don't know what that is, it was still incredible. Yeah. I think the highlight for me was a girl who was on roller skates. Uh, for her costume, for her, I can't. Which can you remember what uh, which robot she was actually supposed no, to be? But either way, it was amazing. We do have photos of it. I'll pop some out. But yeah. it was incredible. Um, I believe there should probably still be video available on Periscope. I did yes, Periscope yeah, the whole Periscope. thing. So, like, it's still there if you'd like to watch it back um, yeah. to check out all the cosplay. So we're always geeky bringing on Periscope. We everything that we record, you can always watch back. Yeah. With eyes so closed can. for us people. <laughs> 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 right, and you also sat in the cosplay panel, which you. Recorded we a little bit for us. Did well. yes. Uh, again, really interesting. Dave yeah, is planning on building a similar thing soon. Yes, uh, I'm 
in the early planning stages of building a giant Gundam suit. So it's yes. very useful. I'm yeah, really fascinating to hear where the builds start. And what I love is all cosplayers ever. Whenever they tell people how to build things, it's always kind of like I used this this thing that was really toxic, and you should wear a mask. I didn't, and I was fine. But don't do that. It's bad. <laughs> all of it. All do what, do all what I say. Not do what I do. Oh, yeah, we're talking about things like using fiberglass and not wearing any proper masks. And one of the girls we spoke to were spray painting things in their bedroom, and then realizing this was probably a bad idea with the window closed. Have you ventured into the world of cosplay outside of pan shop cosplay yet, Keith? Not, not officially. Not no. officially. <laughs> I mean, it's. I, I'd love to do it. I'd, what I need to do is find a character who has got red hair and glasses and cosplay that because it's a little bit easier to yeah. kind of like you know do that way. But I mean, you talked to a couple of the voiceover artists up at TF Nation as well, didn't you? That was one of the things oh, that yes. looked um, yes. pretty I, good. I've just thought of who you could be with someone with red hair and glasses, Barb. <laughs> Strange things so about it. the iconic. Yeah. Wait, do, do I do the do I do the version that's in the real world or the upside down version? Ooh. I mean, it depends on how grotesque you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to be like Barb when she's been spoilers, spoilers, dead for five. Yeah, days. I could I could always get a bit of, a bit of bit of Harry bow and kind of like yeah, that dangle okay. there. You'll, if you're sitting, you'll know what I'm referring to. I just want to Yummy. see you with a perm. Yes. <laughs> That's Vol- never going to have a Volkswagen <laughs> Rabbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full 80s good vehicle there. Right. Please, any hair creators out there that want to invent characters with red hair and glasses that are kind of like, you know, not Barb. Not Ron Weasley over the year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, or what is Richie from Happy Days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can always go as Archie, so. <laughs> right, so we're going to go into a little bit of audio that you captured for us from the cosplay panel. So uh, we'll be back in a little minute. If you're making a full neck suit, this will take most of the weight of your suit. It will take the weight of anything you put around your hips. It will take the weight of anything you put on your back, anything you put over your chest and your shoulders. And if you do the same as I do and attach your four, your upper arms to the shoulders by means of these nice little loops, then it will take the weight of your arms as well. Um, so this, I've used the um, plastic because it's cheap and fairly durable. It's uh, two or three layers backed up because this sits against your back with the uh, struts, obviously. Um, the struts will go over your shoulders and then with the velcro on the back, I'm going to put the mic down so you see. Velcro on the back, there are flaps that go over to attach the, uh, the chest piece at the front and then velcro here where the back piece hangs so you don't see any of this. Um, it's sort of fitted to the small of my back. It's not comfortable. That was an attempt to make it so it wasn't successful. This actually has been brainstorm and getaway, so it's uh, recycled, multi-use. Forms the basis of pretty much any of your basic neck shapes. The shoulders are reinforced with uh, MDF and plastic because getaway shoulders especially, this is just the skeleton, but when they sat over, they extended quite a way out and had all of the uh, the electrics and battery packs in them, so they were quite heavy. They also have ribbons to attach over to Velcro underneath on the other side to stop them drooping because when you've got shoulders that stick out, they droop and it just makes you look sad. <laughs> uh, when you're wearing a full suit, you do need a friend who is a very good friend who you don't mind touching you in slightly bizarre places when they're buckling you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think my friend is my friend anymore, so too much maintenance. I normally put like a, a basic flat piece at the front, which I then build out from, so the front of Brainstorm and Getaway is pretty much the same with like the two struts and then the window in the middle, so it, that was not difficult. This is Warbler, it's great. It's also expensive. I don't recommend doing a full rig out of Warbler unless you've got like six houses that you can warm immediately. <laughs> I found you can get clear water and uh, I thought that might be good for like um, I've got to, to, to have them bits of glass or the other bits of glass of the, of the vehicle form and I'm mm-hmm. going to use for that but otherwise Warbler is absolutely fantastic and it's really good for bits of armour like a breastplate or you've got gauntlets it's amazing but for the size of rig I was doing I would probably not have eaten for around a year of time yeah <laughs> um, slightly more time consuming to use because to, to shake it you've got to heat it up and then wait for it to cool and it, it does stick nicely when it's heated and it, it's sturdy it'll keep its shape but I ended up using plastic and covering it with uh, paper. Line from a 
website called the 4D Model Shop, which is really good, and they now have a cosplay section on there. But I've also recently found a foam and rubber shop uh, that sells big, like huge, ridiculously huge sheets of plastic soap foam in like wide variations of thicknesses, to up to like literally that thick from that thick. Found it more cost effective when I was working on film, so next time I do a cosplay, I'm definitely going to do it there. They are an upholstery suppliers that also stop things from working in theatre and film, so you can generally find them in like cities and towns and stuff. So if you have somewhere like that near you, check it out and see if you can more efficiently buy foam for your cosplays. I use these different types and sizes of foam to create depth and volume in the costume, uh, and this can really help take your costume and make it to the next level, particularly if you're going for a more realistic look. Um, but even if you're not, depth and the variation of depth is still important to consider. So look at the character's design, about what each part of it is made from, what function it serves, and how it looks compared to other parts of that design. Uh, like, is it thick protective plating, or is it something more finely detailed like face or fingers or decorative engraving or armour? Uh, and how can the different types of materials available correspond to the different parts of the design and effectively portrays everything like the bulkiest to the most delicate parts of the costume, so there's like variation in that. And then think about how you're going to be making and transporting your costume. Does it need to have uh, to move or have give in relation to your body while you're wearing the costume? Is it a piece of kibble that could be easy to convention for or squash and pack it away in a bag? Um, does this piece need to have a lot of detail carved into it or be particularly secure? So like I did with Zelda on that up there, I used one layer of foam and then did all the engraving on a separate layer and then stuck it on top so that I wasn't carving into one layer and making it when I was making the Scar Peter, uh, in particular because of its extremely worn down design where you can see parts of the metal plating torn away and the dealing with cables and the inner plating underneath, I was always thinking about layers. It was just like layers, layers, layers. My life is made up of layers right now. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to give you some examples of like different fun materials you can use for creating effects on armor. Um, so first is Olas, which is this stuff. Uh, this is my favorite thing for making grainy textures. Uh, mix it with PVA glue and paint and apply it to create textures like thick congealed rust on the scar heater, or you can use it for like, dirt, sand, stuff like that. Uh, I also used it to make this really crumpy texture on this food mask here, which is meant to look like it kind of goes out with this concrete set that I've designed. So Bolast is commonly used on model train sets and architectural models and theatre model boxes, so you can pretty much find it in any shop that stocks supplies for those. Um, and next is Allendum which is really good for like really thick, heavy textures. So I've used this when I've made floors for theatre sets, like these floor tiles, uh, where I made the texture by dabbing the identical model as well with this one, and let it dry like that, and it has this like natural surface. I haven't actually used this for a cosplay yet, but I imagine you could use this if you were making a piece of armor that's meant to look really, really damaged. Like, if it has a huge scorch mark on it, and the armor around it is a bit like melted slightly, you can create like those really thick, Textures but solidified with uh, something like Adendum. Um, or you can also use it as a really thick, smooth coat over foam as well. Um, and then this here is the, again, this is the Tree Monsters. Um, so liquid latex, cotton wool, and tissue paper are really good for making sort of organic looking textures. So if you were cosplaying like a group of guardians of the galaxy, you can use it to make a moss and stuff like that on him. Um, so when I was making these tree monsters, we dipped cotton wool in liquid latex and then stuck it on to make these dangly pieces of moss. And tissue paper wrapped around wire and tin foil, and then again dipped in liquid latex to make movable, malleable twigs and branches and stuff like that. So you can still kind of like style it afterwards. And this was for a really, really low budget film. So this would be a really good like cheap option for cosplay as well. Uh, not all of your textures have to be as heavy as those though, because sometimes you only want a light pressure in the texture or you don't want it to look too damaged. So if you only want a light splatter or wash of rust or dirt, um, you can paint it on instead of having like a really thick texture. So that over there is a piece of Sparkleet's armor where I've just like lightly painted on some rusty colors to test it before I added the texture. So I decided to go heavier with it obviously, but that would work as well if you wanted to test it was lightly rusty. Hello. I'm Max Gridenchik, Rom from Deep Space Nine, and you are listening to Brum Radio. I mean, you are going to build this dream together, aren't you, David? <laughs> I think I might get as far away as possible from this build. <laughs> it sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be amazing. Yes, yes I, I know it will, but it's also be a, a labour of love. I don't know where we're going to put it in the flat. We might have to live in it once you've built it. <laughs> no, I'm just going to, you know, as, as um, the guys from Fizz Pop said when they came down after after the show, yes, um, keep, keep it in there. Yeah. And, 
keep it as a. This is the problem when you build costumes. I think, uh, as you hear from the cosplay panel stuff, that is definite. You have to be slightly mad, I think, to really enjoy cosplay. I think, as uh, Isra and Tori, the amazing cosplay team, uh, yeah, conversation made very clear. <laughs> it must be down to the fumes from all the adhesive. I think it is. I've both of them I said so much about glue this with this, but don't breathe it in. Don't don't do that. <laughs> don't breathe in things. Yes. Yeah, you to have a quick chat with Isra as well, didn't you? Isra, yeah, um, she was fantastic. She is by day. She actually makes uh, props and costumes for the theatre and yeah. for film, um, which is very cool. So she actually has a very cool day job as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think pretty much got into that her, through her cosplay, which was yeah, very cool. I say it, it was nice chatting with her and you sort of hearing the, the transition that, yeah. she, that she made from one to the other. Yeah, and you also had a chance to speak to the guys from the Angry Birds Transformers. We Android did. Slash iOS apps. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 We couldn't not go and talk to the guys behind Angry Birds. They wow. are a local studio as well. They're yeah. based over in Leamington Spa. The guys are excellent. Um, so nice to yeah. talk to some homegrown talent. Yeah, nice bunch of guys. Still updating the game after two years as well. So if you haven't downloaded yeah. Angry Birds Transformers, I I have downloaded it and deleted it and then downloaded it again. <laughs> it's uh, it's a it's yeah. a push pull addiction for me. Yes. They are yeah. constantly updating yeah. it with characters that people want to. If yeah. you kind of get at them on Twitter or Facebook. They will add it in. Yeah, yeah, they've done yeah. Star Wars one. They've done quite a few. Um, I think to send they're developing some games now around Strictly Come Dancing. I really <laughs> hope that's going to be Strictly Come Dancing. Angry oh Birds. I don't know. Angry God. Birds. That, just, that is incredible. <laughs> just la- it's launching Bruno Tognoli at pigs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think the pigs are going to be crazy of a horse. I think that they'd have to be, wouldn't they? Yes. Whether it meant Angry Birds or just a game in general, I don't know. But I really hope Angry Birds. That would be so yes. amazing. Strictly, angry Birds. Strictly Come Angry Birds. Yeah. yeah. Strictly Come Angry Birds. Angry Birds. RuPaul's Drag Race. <gasps> oh my god! Oh, okay, yeah. Just yes. shut up and take my money. I would, yes. I would so play that. There is no franchise that you can't get. So now we're just going to have a quick chat with Oyster and the Angry Birds team, and we'll be back in a little minute. So we're here with Izzet, one of the uh, crew of uh, TF Nation. We've just sat in on your cosplay panel. I'm going to start by asking the question that people always ask us as cosplayers. You talked quite a lot about the challenges, shall we say, of cosplay, mm. and that you've spent months building this thing, you've hot glued it to yourself, you've breathed in a selection of toxic fumes, <laughs> and then you wear it and you can't see and you fall over and you can't drink anything without assistance. Why? 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 <laughs> What is it that makes it worth all of that? <laughs> well, the attention, of course. <laughs> but um, I think I started making these like big rig, like transformer costumes and stuff because it was a challenge and it was really interesting. It was a really interesting and unique thing to make. So I'd had done Transformers cosplays before and they were largely like humanized hmm. designs of like Starscream or Megatron or whatever. And I had seen like these full on like rig robot and like armor costumes before and I really really loved them and I was studying theater design at uni realized like hey I have this like facility here that I can use to um, create these things and I have like new knowledge of materials and access to materials I didn't have before so I might as well throw myself in at the deep end and go that's the most complicated design in this comic I'm gonna make that which was Spark Eater which was the first like full rig I did that sounds um, like someone I yeah. know the most complicated thing I can build possible yeah exactly <laughs> that sounds familiar as you, you work in uh, in theatre and film now do you find that some yeah. of the skills tra- transfer that you've learned from cosplay oh, or vice yeah, versa definitely like both ways definitely when I applied for that for theatre design at uni I had like three cosplays in my portfolio they found that really interesting and like they talked to me a lot about that and yeah just all the things I learned like becoming a theatre designer and still learn like as a theatre designer all transfer over to cosplay you learn about like new materials or how to source things cheaply or how to like cut corners in certain ways like using foul materials and stuff like that and then you know equally you might go oh I've been asked to make like a monster costume for a film and it's going to largely be worn by stunt people so they need to be able to breathe they need to be able to hear their instructions they need to be able to see properly so they can do a flip so they can kick someone properly and safely as someone who has cosplayed you know what it's like to be in those uncomfortable hot 
costumes that restrict your vision and your breathing and your movement so you know you might know how to work around it a bit better or empathize with them a bit more and go sorry I can't do anything but no largely like I did my first film back in January where I was making uh, tree monster costumes yeah so like I said largely worn by stunt people and they were doing all sorts of like flips and kicks and stuff like that and you know they kept coming up to me and saying like is there anything you can do to make me able to breathe better to be able to hear Austin's instructions better like stuff like that yeah. and I was able to accommodate them because I knew like oh when I made this Transformers costume I like did this to be able to see better or I adjusted the helmet in this way to be able to hear better mm. so things like that so when you, when you start designing a costume where's kind of your beginning point when you choose I'm going to be this character and start figuring out how you're going to build it where do you start find all the reference images in the world <laughs> and <laughs> I stare at them for a really really long time draw parts of the character or draw the character or draw I know with Spark Eater in particular I because there was a lot to work out because it was such a layered design I had to work out you know firstly how it's going to fit secondly how it's going to move and then how it's going to look on top and how I'm going to create the silhouette the actual look of it so I would draw you know like oh I think I can attach the arms in this way and make a moving part like this and then draw how I wanted to fit the outer plating on top of that and then like before I start actually making the final thing I would do like mock-ups out of card and paper and stuff like that sort of in the same way you would like make a pattern when you're sewing a traditional garment make a pattern for your armor and then if you mess it up you mess it up on paper and it's really cheap to do it again or I like to masking tape it all together if yeah. I can and go like that's vaguely what it's going to look like have I got the shape right and the fit right and the proportions correct and then once I know I do I can use it as a pattern to create the final foam mm. pieces how long does the process usually take you Ooh, or does it vary from costume to costume definitely varies both Spark Eater and Nautica I basically made them like on and off over a year so it's yeah. really hard to judge exactly how long it took it is like it is a long process but a labor um, of love <laughs> it's a labor of love and also like the more you do it the more you it becomes like muscle memory you know you know like oh if i cut this a certain way then i can create this angle and you don't have to sit there working it out for as long so yeah the, like the more you learn the faster it gets you know and then if you get a project where someone says oh we need these costumes for this film but you only have like four weeks to create yeah. all these different monsters or something like that and then you can kind of go like well I've got the experience of having this is again how cosplay can connect with like the professional work like I have this experience of, of making these costumes so I can kind of like maybe project from what I did there and how much it cost what the budget should be how long it might take and create a timetable and go like okay that is feasible within that time yeah it? you've already learned that skill of panic finishing a costume the night before in a hotel yeah room. <laughs> <laughs> I've not done that at least once. I, I do not drink coffee. Like, I hate it. The only time I've drunk coffee was when I was trying to finish a cosplay the night before a convention. And I just, like, downed a whole mug of it. And I stayed up the entire night finishing it. Slept I think for we've 30 all done minutes. It. And then my friend was like, time to go now. And I was just like, I'm awake. I am so awake. We've all been there, I think. You talked a little bit in the panel about the importance of a cosplay buddy. Uh, for mm. our listeners who may not be familiar with... The, the experience of wearing a cosplay why is it that having somebody to look after you is important <laughs> well, in a costume I mean when you are in these huge rigs and it's the same for if you, I don't know like people in like Iron Man costumes or like the big bulky like Warcraft armour and stuff yeah. like that like you are you are in all this armour but you feel really vulnerable because <laughs> you know you don't have your full range of movement and vision you don't want to step on any small children you don't want to bump into any walls when you're walking around you know so just having someone there who can kind of like guide you through a convention hall or through a corridor or something like that is really helpful having someone there who like with a lot of these costumes you lose a lot of range of motion in the shoulders and the arms um so it's hard to take off the head of the transformer <laughs> And as we talked about in the panel, it gets really hot in there and really hard to breathe sometimes. So you need someone there who you can just like poke them and be like, I can't breathe. And they'll take <laughs> your head off for you and then give you a drink of water. 
Uh, the unsung heroes of the cosplay world. Yeah, like, definitely. definitely. Poor definitely. I gave a shout out to, to our cosplay buddies last year's panel. <laughs> really are. So we've both been really blown away by the atmosphere of TF Nation. Everybody is having so much fun and he's so friendly and so relaxed. What is it, do you think, that makes TF Nation special as a con compared to, to other conventions? I, don't, I can't speak for other sort of like specific fandom-specific conventions. Um, I know that I've been to a lot of large conventions and obviously when you have that many people in a room and it's quite a general convention even though they're all there for vaguely the same thing people pass each other by and there's like so many bodies in there you can just never talk to everyone but here it's a smaller convention and a lot of us have known each other for a long time and we're all here for one specific thing which gives you a great icebreaker if you're someone who maybe is a bit more shy or a bit more socially awkward and so this real like supportive community atmosphere is just there and you know if you need help someone will help you if you want to go and sit with someone and talk to them generally you can just go and sit and talk to them and everyone is like really friendly and so yeah I think it is that like community atmosphere that really tight knit community atmosphere if our listeners want to find some of your awesome creations online is there anywhere we can do that Um, I have a website which is mostly for my Mm theatre work um, which is isashawabalafia.com so I don't know if there's any point in attempting to spell that for (laughs) people listening (laughs) yeah and I do I have I have a Twitter a work Twitter and a personal Twitter Um, the work Twitter is at isabalafia and the personal Twitter is at evilcleverdog and I have a Tumblr that's also Evil Clever Dog. Fantastic. Um, yeah. And there are cosplay things on my professional website as well. Cool. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you very you. much for talking to us. Thank you. Start off by telling us who you are and what it is that you're doing here. Okay. Uh, yeah, so my name is Stu. I'm a design director at Exion and we made Angry Birds Transformers for Rovio and Hasbro. Awesome. Um, game came out a couple of years ago, but we're because it's free, you kind of service it. You keep adding mm-hmm. content as long as people keep playing it. And we still have half a million players a day, so uh, we're basically adding stuff. So um, we are basically getting people to fill in surveys, telling us which Transformers they'd like, which planets should we visit, which, what do they like, what do they don't like, which come back, you know, should we add... So Devastator is hugely popular, for example, um, or Beast Wars, <laughs> yeah. which we didn't expect. So then we can take that back, because obviously we see lots of stats, but we don't meet the people... Yeah. So this sort of event is amazing for that, basically, just to kind of talk to people and find out what they're enjoying about the game. Yeah. How did you come to be involved with TF Nation? Uh, well, so um, the guy, Ryan, who is one of our artists who's not here, he um, he's very uh, in touch with the fan sites and YouTube and all that sort of stuff, and he was talking to Adam, the guy running it. Um, and, yeah, it just seemed ideal, because we're only in Leamington Spa, so it's not very far to come no. down and... Um, yeah, A, it's nice to support this sort of thing, and B, we get valuable face-to-face with it, basically. Yeah, do you think it's important, as a, I guess, as a relatively local studio, to have this kind of event so you can come out and meet the fans? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, so Axiom, we definitely believe in bringing up the next generation, you know, giving some stuff back. So we do university talks, we work with Gamer Camp in Birmingham, uh, we go to schools and stuff like that. So... Um, we do conventions if they are kind of relevant, as it were. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Transformers, this one, um, we're just about to release Dancing with the Stars or Strictly Come Dancing, and then we'll be doing stuff. <laughs> well, that's very different, but it's the same yeah. sort of thing, though. You kind of engage with the fans, the people that are passionate. Um, yeah. They're the guys you're making the game for. And it's very hard. This game's two years old now. It's really hard to kind of stay motivated if you if it's just a kind of a blank thing that you just put out there. Yeah. So we've been completely blown away by the whole experience of the whole convention. The vibe here is amazing. Does it sit on the other side of the traders table? Is it the same experience for you guys? Yeah, it's weird actually. I've been here well not here, obviously this is a new one, but uh, I've been to Transformers Conventions as the public. Um, we it's difficult. We were kind of worried. We were going, well, our fans going to go, well, this is just an Angry Birds game. It's stupid. <laughs> and, but we, I know the response has been great. We've been getting lots of people having a chat, loads of surveys filled in. We just did a talk and people were asking questions and um, involved. Yeah, it's been really good. Uh, Say, so we didn't, it's the first time we've done this as a company and we weren't uh, sure what the kind of response would be. So we're very happy with that. Fantastic. If we want to find out more about the studio or about the game, where can we find you? Okay, well, I mean, uh, Exion has its own webpage and, and that sort of stuff. Um, and Angry Birds Transformers, is, I mean, it's a free game, so yep. you can just go on the App Store or 
the Kindle or uh, Android and just download it. Um, it uh, has Facebook groups for um, the Angry Birds side, the Transformers side, and then we work with Hasbro, so they have they riff, they link to us and such like. So yeah, um, there's plenty of places to get in touch. <laughs> plenty of um, yeah, and <laughs> to tell us to tell you that you want more baseballs. Yeah. Well, yeah, effectively, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we listen to the people, and we there's a forum, Angry Birds Nest, and we talk to people on that. They say there's yeah. a bug in the game, and we go. Somebody told us there was a bug. We looked at it went, that is true. And we fixed it and changed the server and, and set it back since fixed. And that's perfect because you get that kind of fan yeah. interaction there. It's cool. Fantastic. Brilliant. Thank you very much for trying right, to no Geeky Brummy on Brum Radio. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's the same thing <laughs> twice. I'm getting it now. <laughs> you also had a chance to speak to one of the world's most amazing, renowned voice actors there. Pretty much voiced our entire childhoods in the pretty studio. much um i will let him list his his voice credits um yeah the, the amazing mr richard newman who was an absolute babe when we spoke to him i yeah, i, I have to marry him world. now i loved him he was so he was so great just so happy to talk to us and clearly having the best time we spoke to him at the bar on saturday night and i think his quote was i can't believe i get to do this for a job this is great <laughs> <laughs> which was which was great fun yeah it was it was, just very very sweet i say you just they're friendly, welcoming, and just more than happy to just chat and about what about whatever. Like you yeah, want he has voiced absolutely everything. A couple yeah. of Transformers characters, obviously. He's also Grandpa Pingu. I think that's the the most exciting credit he has to his name. I mean, who doesn't like Pingu? Definitely. No. Well, I I I well yeah I know of course I love Pingu. <laughs> Just, just amazing, yeah. Uh, what else? Dragon Ball Z, uh, yeah. My Little Pony, some Quite voices, a few animes cool, as well. lots of yeah. anime stuff. Some, some of the X Men cartoons. X Men Evolutions. He was in a couple of Gundams, which I did not realise until after we'd spoken with him, and I was somewhat heartbroken. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, have a look at him on IMDb and reel just about how many things that you remember treasuredly from your yeah, childhood. He was a part of. It's basically a case of list what he hasn't done because it'll be a much shorter list. Pretty much. Okay, so we'll be back after a quick chat with Richard Newman. My inner right world is really happy right now. I'm sitting opposite Richard Newman. Now, for those of us who are listening, kind of going, hang on a minute, I know that name. Where might we recognise your voice from? Well, um, I am the voice of Rhinox from Beast Wars and Vector Prime from uh, Transformers Cybertron. I do Franklin the Turtle's father and, uh, oh my gosh, Captain Ginyu from um, uh, Dragon Ball Z or Z, as the case may be. <laughs> uh, and, and just... Just so much. I'd be, uh, I, I could be all day just kind of uh, <laughs> listing the crazies that I've played. Everybody's favourite characters when they were kids, basically. That was you, mostly. Well, it's so <laughs> neat because people will often say to me, you are the voice of my childhood. And it just, it thrills me, you know. I mean, you do these things and it's a job at the moment and you try to do your best work. And then when you meet the fans and you find out how much it meant to them, it's just so thrilling uh, mm. to know that it's more than more than meets the eye. <laughs> <laughs> you told us a lovely story last night uh, about a guy who told you that he picked his career based off Rhinox. Oh, yes. Um, a, a fellow who watched um, Beast Wars when he was a kid and he really loved Rhinox, who was the, the tech wizard of the group. And the guy is now an engineer and uh, said that it was basically the cartoon show that started him on that path, which I just, I shake my <laughs> head in amazement. I'm just so thrilled by people making life choices based on work that I did 20 years ago. Did you have any, have any idea when you were making it that it would be that big? Well, no, I impact. mean, all we hoped was that it would go a second season, you know? <laughs> uh, but no, I don't think we any of us had any idea how special it was going to be, partly because of the writing. Well, partly because of the direction, which was wonderful, Sue Blue's direction, and the animation, which was, of course, uh, the 3D animation, which uh, was brand yeah. new at that time. We came out around the same time as Reboot, and uh, that animation, I think, was... Uh, everybody just kind of went, whoa, what's that? <laughs> a lot of fun. Fantastic. How did you come to be involved with TF Nation? Well, when I was in Mississauga last mm, July, I guess, doing uh, the TF Con that mm -hmm. Colin Douglas throws... Um, there was Tori, uh, uh, the amazing Tori O'Regan, who um, has been at every convention that I've been at in the last three <laughs> years. Uh, and she uh, approached me and said, uh, so we're doing this new thing in Birmingham next year. Would you like to come? And I went, to come to England? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't been since 1980. I came over in 1980 wow. to do a children's theater tour. And I played the Arts Theater Club. I played the West End. Uh, so we did a week in London, and then we spent three weeks touring around the Midlands and spent a week in Germany. Sick. 
So yeah, it's uh, it's been a long time since I've been back. I, I really enjoyed yeah. my time. Are English fans different to fans elsewhere in the world? Well, I mean, fans are fans. Everybody's uh, as I mean, especially at these conventions, it's the it's mm. the same basic loving warm crowd. Uh, they're just so in love with this series and the folks who created it. Uh, and I just feel like I've been welcomed into a new home with warm <laughs> arms every time I go to one of these. And the English fans have been fabulous, and even more fabulous because of all the amazing and wonderful accents that I get to hear every day. <laughs> I'm a dialect freak, so I'm just studying like nobody's business. <laughs> Storing them away for next yeah, time. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Perhaps them for next time. I think one of the things that's really struck us is, is that community feel, that everybody does seem to be so enthusiastic and so excited to be here. Do you think that is just something that is uh, unique to the Transformers community, that they are are so so excited and so welcoming to to newcomers like ourselves. Well, I have to say <laughs> that I've not done any conventions except for Transformers yeah. conventions, so I can't compare it to say what's going on at My Little Pony or or whatever else. But certainly, these folks are among the friendliest people I've ever come into contact with. It's just a thrill to be around. It's, I like I say, it's just this. My mouth hurts from smiling so much. <laughs> That's a nice way to do it, John. Yes, isn't it? yes, it is. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Really oh, really this has been a real it. pleasure. Thank you very much. Hope to run into you again. You're listening to Geeky Brummy on Brum Radio. Geeky Brummy's new best friend. We found Adam again. Hello. <laughs> so how's it gone as for the first year of TF Nation, do you think? It's been incredible. I think that the biggest thing about it is that everybody is so excited to be here. Yeah. It's one thing that this community has known each other for a decade or so. It's, it's another that the traders know each other, that the voice actors have a great community. But when you bring them together, and everyone is genuinely excited for what we have, and they're having a good time, and they're meeting friends, and they're making new friends, and the voice actors don't want to leave, and the <laughs> traders are happy and already looking to next year, you know you've done something right. And everybody is saying, this has uh, been so relaxed, it's been a great yeah. pace, it's been a great environment. And it's a credit to the very large team that have worked their socks off for a year on this. Yeah, definitely. I think for us, the, uh, what's really struck us is the atmosphere and the environment of it. I think obviously this is a, a convention where the social side of it is just as important, if not more important, than the actual coming and buying things. The socialising seems to be the biggest part of it for some people. Is that something that you guys deliberately try to create? Absolutely. Uh, we, we based it on the fact that if you come here and you you like Transformers and you don't know anyone in the community, that it's a safe and friendly place for you to come in and meet people, meet people you've seen on YouTube and, and, and in reviews and people that have an active part of the, both the community and the industry itself, from toy designer to colorist to writer to voice actor, you name it. Everybody is on the same level. And that means, you know, when you come through the door, people are nervous. When you walk out of the door, people are like 10 foot high. They're just... <laughs> they can't believe it. The biggest thing that we have now is the next week of con come down when yeah. everyone is like, oh. <laughs> but you know, the people out there, don't worry because we're already planning next year's event. And the funniest thing about this whole convention is seeing you two completely get sucked in by it all. <laughs> we from, totally from, have been. Oh, I going. might go to the robot convention oh, too. Is, this is awesome. And that's it, yeah. I get guaranteed we'll be here next year, I think, with the whole team in tow. It Absolutely. Will be fantastic. Yes, Ryan, if you're listening, hurry up. Yes, come over. we're sorry, Ryan. We're, we're very disappointed, chap. <laughs> Can you tell us any secrets yet for next year? Or is it all uh, still in early planning stages? Uh, oh, crikey. Well, I can tell you. <laughs> you're it's allowed in the, to say it, no, it's okay. <laughs> no, it's in this venue, so it's in Birmingham. Fantastic. It's in the Hilton Metropole, so that's good. We have a great relationship with the staff. The plans for next year, there's a lot of elements that we're looking to improve. Even though, the, even though they went down well, there's things that we can improve. Uh, but the actual, the main plans, they're big, they're much bigger. They're really exciting, but I can't reveal them yet. Oh, mysterious. I hope we have to come in and see us next year when you can reveal some things. Yeah, well, there's, there's another game of top trumps that I have to win. And exactly. I'm defending my honour. Going to defend your title. What's been your personal highlight over the weekend? Being thanked by people. Uh, giving a giving a book couple uh, with a, a son uh, helped us out this year and they did it and it was it was a throwaway thing for them and we we in return gave them a copy of a, a, an edition of book that's not even out yet and given them the chance to sign it and the look on the the son's face and then the parents walked out with the son who was still in shock at this point <laughs> and then the father came back about five minutes later and he's completely teared up and he just wants to tell us how wonderful we are we've had wow. so many families where the parents have enjoyed it as much as the kids 
and so many people who are coming for the first time, people on their own, who can't thank us enough. Every time that we get that, that makes this worth it. So yeah, Fantastic. that's it. Brilliant. Thank you so much for inviting us down. We've had an awesome weekend. No and worries. Thank you for taking a moment to catch up with us. Yay. See you very soon. Bye. <laughs> Legendary, amazing Richard Newman before that. I think George is just about calmed down now. Just Dave? about. Mm, I'm still going down. <laughs> uh, he was just such a nice bloke. He was a genuine pleasure to speak to. Um, if he does listen in, thank you, Richard, for your time. We really, yes. really appreciate that. We love that. you. Come in anytime. Yes, yes. If, you had, if you do find yourself back in the UK, hopefully it won't be 20 years until he's back <laughs> now. I think TF Nation is the person we've back since 1980. If you do mm-hmm. come back, do come and see us. Yep, definitely. Right, so. There's been a film being recorded in Birmingham. If people has haven't there? noticed, <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you haven't noticed, Mr. Spielberg himself has been in Birmingham. Yes. Is he, is he cop, cop, uh, called in for a cup of tea with you yet, Phil? Uh, no. I mean, I've got the good biscuits in and everything because he is <laughs> on my doorstep. Are you listening, Mr. Spielberg? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Steve, you know, true ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good, good biscuits. <laughs> Kettle's on, Steve. Come round any time. Yes. Um, come, come and see Mr. <laughs> Verified Phil Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> Verified on Twitter. Yeah. Amazing. Right, I mean, so, I, I, I wasn't yeah. going to say anything. But, uh. <laughs> right, so, in the studio, two of us are midway through Ready Player One. Yes. Um, yeah, I have thoughts on this. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the main thought is uh, if you, there is a very specific target audience, yeah. which I don't, I'm not quite sure I fall into. I think it's anybody um, pretty much over the age of thirty. It's like if you were, a, if you were, a, yeah, yeah, if you're a nerdy bloke who grew up in grew up in the eighties, then you you're gonna really really dig it. It's it basically a book that's designed for you. For me, it just feels like a collection of eighties references that kind of actually clutter up the story a little bit. So it feels like a Family Guy sketch that doesn't go anywhere. Um, As a and, Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like it's like it's like oh here's some plot and then oh here's a random thing that I remember from watching TV in the eighties. It's just like okay, okay I, I get it. I get I get what you're trying to do. Um, but I, I don't know. It, it just feels like it's actually hindering the story for me. I think I love the yeah. central idea of. I think it's the blurb on the front says it's Willy Wonka meets the Matrix, which yeah. it it absolutely is. It's such a cool idea. Um, but I'm still stuck on that early frustrating stage where it's the young narrator who is basically laying out all the rules of this futuristic yeah. society, and it's just really clumsy because it's not yeah. showing, it's telling. It's just it, actually it's, pers- not, yeah, it's, it's very exposition rather. Than it's so exposition heavy. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting past that bit and into the actual adventure because then I think the story will really pick up. And yeah. I do want to, I do want to, you know, sort of uh, carry on with it because the the central idea of it is really, really interesting. I mean, to me, it, it is kind of a love letter to my childhood. I grew up in the eighties. I mean, you've got Dungeons and Dragons mentions. You've got loads of eighties films. So the work of John Hughes comes up quite often in mm, there. Yeah, and it is just references to everything I loved growing up. So that probably push me over and the fact to listen to the audio version narrated by Will Wheaton I feel that that would make yeah that would I I kind of wish I'd gone with the audio version instead I think that would make a huge difference Um, but I I absolutely understand why Steve Spielberg is filming this it's Spielberg by the numbers it's it's a story narrated by a gawky outsider with no friends and he's about to set off on this amazing life-changing adventure in which he will take on a you know evil multinational conglomerate i'm quoting directly so it's Mm -hmm. it's young adult you know franchise cliches abound yeah Um, but it is it's like the perfect spielberg film it's it's like the greatest hits i I don't know how he's going to handle there's quite a lot of references to spielberg himself in the book so i don't know who's going to take those out maybe it'll be really really meta spielbergception (laughs) (laughs) keith you had a wander around the set i mean birmingham doesn't really translate into the well, America sometimes. It, but it was quite interesting, really yeah, the idea that, that people come to Birmingham to turn it in a, to, into a dystopian Ohio of 2044. I mean, it kind of... It, it looked quite interesting. It does have that feel, I yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they did quite a good job of setting up the whole kind of scene, and I did see one picture at one point that just said, please don't post your photographs online. But it's like, everybody was doing it. Sorry. And to actually have Spielberg there directing sequences because usually you see these kind of things and they're kind of like second, second unit, unit or something yeah. so it's kind of like you know first assistant directors doing it but he was actually there and I knew some people that were in offices that were right adjacent to where he was filming and waving at them through the windows and stuff <laughs> so it's like you know I'm, cu- I'm curious to see how this all tips into the actual main film itself because some of it's been filmed you know in other locations across the, the, the world but yeah it was cool to have him kind of in Birmingham and stuff yeah. and you know the fact that he hasn't called in on Phil yet you know come on it's just rude <laughs> really yeah, it's I mean. I'm right there <laughs> <laughs> but it, from a novel you've re- you've been you're reading the novel I haven't read it yet and it sounds 
right up my street now because like you know I was a teenager in the 80s so it's kind of that kind of thing it's like I, I do have quite an, a nostalgic view of it I don't have Dominic Sandbrook's view of the 80s mm, yeah. but you know because um, how does the novel tra- how do you think the novel is going to translate into the film is it well, kind of will it work it's uh in about 2045, I think it is. Yeah, so it's sort of in the, the, the nearish distance. future. Yeah, near. um, so, yeah, it, I think the the um, billionaire kind of Willy Wonka character who kind of sparks off the story, I think he's yeah. he's somebody who was a teenager in the 80s, yeah, and, and, and he, so therefore, yeah. and he creates this whole online virtual world, and it's inspired by his love of 80s culture, which is why, in the future, 80s culture is such a thing, which is why it's kind of you know, such a nostalgia fest. Yeah, and it is full-on... D&D style quest throughout these 80s pop culture references all the way through yeah. for them to achieve the grand prize. Because it's, it's Mark Rylance that's cast yes. as, as that character, isn't it? In the oh, yeah. okay, that, I can, yeah, I can see that, yeah, because yeah. he's sort of, he, he's described as looking a bit like a, a mad scientist. I mean, mm. Simon Pegg's in it as well, I'm not of, sure what of course role he is, he's yeah. playing, but I'm sure there will be pop culture references abounding. Oh, abs- absolutely. I mean, I, I, the way I'm envisioning it, it's going to be a, a little bit like maybe The Wizard of Oz, where you have the real world you know like this sort of industrialized wasteland yeah. set in this all filmed in, in you know reality and then the virtual stuff is maybe a lot of that's going to be computer generated because yeah. it's sort of the way that the oasis this kind of virtual world is described is it's it's almost imperceptibly uh, sort of you know the, the same as it, every now and then you, you can just about tell you're not in the real world yeah but it's, it seems to be that's where technology is heading. I mean, you've got the Oculus mm. Rift come out, you've got the HTC Vive, VR seems to become a massive thing, and as soon as they get that haptic feedback kind of thing sorted, yeah. I think and and, 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 I, and I think, you know, by 2045 in the real world, we probably yes. will have that because we're, yeah. we're well on our way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, so it'll just be interesting to see sort of uh, yeah. how, how they um, conjure up that, that whole yeah. reality. I mean, I mean, going back to the themes of the book 80s culture seems to be a massive revival I mean, we've had Stranger Things of course where we had the theme just back then it's, it is again a fantastic love letter to Stephen King and Steven Spielberg and those mm. 80s kind of films and that Middletown America growing up it's, I mean 80s culture has been around as a resurgence for a while now do you think it's going to I think this is we're reaching peak 80s in I mean, 2016 I, with Stranger Things specifically I think it was uh as a storyteller, it's really it's 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 kind of more enjoyable to tell a story where you know you can't solve every problem with a phone call or a Google search or you know Facebook or, or you know WhatsApp. Yeah. So if you you have to kind of go back twenty or thirty years and remove that technology in order to yeah. create obstacles to overcome in stories. So I think you know kind of the eighties was the last time really the eighties and early nineties where, where we didn't have that. Yeah, yeah. where life was. You know, and we always kind of say, like, what do we do to, you know, entertain ourselves before we had mobile phones at the bus stop? Yeah, I mean, I think, especially in the world of cinema, Slice of Life seems to have disappeared quite a lot, which is what a lot of 80s movies are. I mean, the John Mm. Hughes films especially, it was all around growing up, being in school, childhood. And Keith, you're a big fan of 80s films, I'm assuming. Yeah, I I loved all of those kind of 80s movies, because it was that period where... You, you got everything on cinema screens you know yeah. you had the big sci-fi uh, stuff the weekend out yeah. yeah I mean you know one week you could go and see Terminator then you could go and see Prince in Purple Rain <laughs> then you could go and see Andrew McCarthy in Mannequin yeah. you know there was something for everybody <laughs> and we don't seem to it all seems to be you know the smaller kind of low key film doesn't seem to have as much impact as, as, you, as you did then or it's that, that or something fantastical now yeah. so like you've got the Avengers movies all the comic book yeah. films where it, the CGI is now caught up the stage where it looks real but on I think, screen. And, and some of it I think is that that ideal of going as a group to the cinema because yeah. w- w- in 1984 we had like you know four channels of television somebody might have had a VHS mm-hmm. uh, so, so to go and consume all of those things yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you'd have to go out and you'd have to go to the cinema now you can kind of go I'm on my phone on the bus I can watch something on YouTube or I can yeah. watch it on um, Netflix or I can watch it through loads of different ways yeah. so it, it was a different way you know you, you all went you know Friday night out cinema yeah. then club then whatever and weekend and doing that kind of stuff and uh, yeah. it's whether we're harking back now to the 80s in the same way when I was a kid in the 80s the 50s was a really kind of like yeah. interesting thing yeah. so we were looking at kind of yeah. James that, Dean that and Marilyn Monroe the 80s does the 50s as well, well yeah. I mean yeah. how many of Stephen King's like books both. were set in like his childhood yeah. of the 50s mm. like Stand By Me and yeah it's um, I think we're always romanticising you know sort of 30 years ago and I think that the 80s were nowhere near as dreamy and lovely as as all these films say especially in Britain see the question I've got now is though when it gets to you know 2045 and like you know we're at that stage where 
these filmmakers like Spielberg and that are now, and uh, you know when he was doing all of his classics, what are we going to be looking back at? I mean, and how and what already, the think, glass is going to be? I like. think nineties nostalgia is already becoming a thing, very much so. Mm. I mean, you know, we, we've been referencing it in the studio already today with Phil doing a Romeo and Michelle dance. There is that kind of <laughs> talking about yeah. things like is Heather's nineties or is that eighties? Eighties, So there's a lot of that yeah. stuff that kind of a crosses over. But even with stuff like the resurgence yeah. of grunge as a fashion choice, well, I mean, back and riot girl is becoming a buzzword again. The nineties films are having their milestone. It's coming now. Yeah, nineties is starting. Clueless, The Craft, they're having like their sort of fifteenth, twentieth anniversary. Yeah, yeah. and that fashion's working its way back into yeah. it, like you say, yeah. But going back to what Keith made, instant content, I think we're starting to rebel against that. I mean, even in culture and other things, like people appreciate the artisan stuff now, not the mass-produced instant thing. And I think culture mm. switching back to way of you prefer something that's short and very well crafted in the case of something like Stranger Things versus a series that goes with 30 episodes which 15 are filler and nobody actually I, cares about yeah I have absolute fatigue now when it comes to American network shows that are 22 episodes long that is a real go commitment. on for 12 seasons yeah and it, I, I actually when I'm sort of browsing through Netflix now and I'm finding you know I'm trying to find a new show that I want to enjoy if it's anything longer than about maybe 10 or 12 episodes per season I'm, I'm like no I, I can't be bothered I think it's that's something we've always done the right way around though in this country it's like American seasons you say it's always 22 episodes and it goes for 15, 20 seasons it's ridiculous whereas the British we make 6 episodes or something really great like say Black Books do it for 3 seasons and stop yeah. so it kind of yeah, this is amazing we'll stop peak, while yeah. it's still good yeah. more. I mean it was like yeah. we were talking about um we were talking about community um, off air earlier, and it's kind of that that whole. I think it was the show within the show. They had Cougarton Abbey, yeah. and it was yes. uh, <laughs> it was the you know, the British original that the US version was based on. Only lasted something like four and a half episodes, you know, and and uh, and yeah. One, it, the, the, I mean, yeah. The US don't have a great track record of remaking British shows. I mean, we had the Coupling remake, which died. I don't even remember that that happened. I mean, Red Dwarf, they tried to remake it, oh and it was just. Car crash TV, I think Keith would yeah. be. Yeah, I mean, some some things just won't translate, and and the length of time. Yeah. It's like if you're trying to squeeze what, in essence, is a couple of gags in Red Dwarf, and it's coming back on yeah. Dave at the yeah. end of this series month. eleven. I think. Yeah. Series yeah. eleven, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to it because they've gone back to kind of filming it in front of a live studio audience. Yeah. But that kind of thing, you know, half an hour once a week for six weeks, and and that that, that, that works. Yeah. And yeah. I haven't got enough time to commit to forty two different shows that have got you know. 21 episodes each yeah. for an hour and it's yeah. like I, I can't deal with all of that content and, and you end up kind of going if it doesn't grab me I'm not watching it it's like Arrow season 5 am I going to go back I wasn't that happy with 4 yeah. so there's yeah, something else coming along <laughs> and it's, you know yeah. there's, there's dozens and dozens of new shows coming this, this, this autumn there's you know loads of films I want to see I've got piles of books yeah. piles of comics piles of DVDs of things that I've wanted to watch and haven't got around to yeah. and you know life gets in the way but it's kind of like if there's something there that I know I've got six hours and I'm going to enjoy it so, you know it's why Stranger Thing I think has been quite popular is because people have gone it's, it's eight hours it's it's. Uh, can I can fit that in and, and I can really, do it yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that, that's the problem I found like back when I was getting shows from less than scrupulous sources um I would, you know, I'd kept a, kept track of like all the shows that I was watching, mostly Americans, and you know, I'd, I'd have it on my calendar, and just there'd be like five or six shows per day, and you know, each one's about an hour long. So, and, th- and then you're, you, when you've got a full day at work, and then you've got other stuff that you need to go out and do as well, you just find yourself like falling behind very quickly. So, while I enjoy some of the shows, like for me personally, I'm a massive fan of NCIS, but I just ran out of time watching it. Isn't that on like series forty-five or something now? It can't. Probably. It must be about that. <laughs> and there's like three, three, three or four spin-off yeah. series. Yeah. I'm not going to mention some of my old classic anime favourites like Naruto, which is now in season twelve of its second generation of the show <laughs> in wow. Japan, and I think it's on episode four hundred at the moment. Wow. With about forty percent of that was filler though, because they keep going back to the manga and then yeah. they mm. get, catch up to the manga. Then it's like, oh, we need to fill a season's worth of content with stuff waiting for that to come back yeah, and just, I just don't want that to happen finish, with yeah. normal TV do you think going back to Ready Player One because it's, it's a while now before it comes out I don't think it comes out until is it 2018 March yeah, I think they're going to have a year's worth of post-processing on this so are they going to are they going to miss the bubble of 80s nostalgia are we are we <laughs> going to have moved on when that or is film it comes be out the last great crescendo yeah that's, that's a good question yeah. I think, well Spielberg's been doing 80s nostalgia 
since the 80s. Since the 80s. <laughs> so I, I think, I think, you know, it's with, when it comes to someone as, as huge and influential as Steven Spielberg, you know, it's basically he's just doing branded content now. Yeah. So he can do whatever he wants. And if he says that the 80s was still great and we should, we should still be, you know, romanticising it, then we will. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Spielberg. Who are we to argue? Yeah. It, yeah. It, it will be interesting to see in a couple of years because we were talking a couple of episodes back about how disappointing kind of blockbuster movies have been this year, um, possibly next year, is that we could um, get you know a, an actual film that everybody gets behind in 2018 and everybody goes to see they've read the book they go and see it. it's Spielberg it's that kind of like we're back to that blockbuster Jaws moment I'm trying to remember the last time that really really happened the last kind of you know big big film that ever and, and I mean usually it is a, something like Star a Spielberg you know. yes actually yeah. <laughs> but that, that's, that, that's coming in December yeah, yeah. And, and it's a it's a different time of year because yeah. we we'd got into the kind of sequence of having yeah. Lord of the Rings at yeah. Christmas we'd had the, the Hobbits and stuff films. and Harry Potter yeah. yeah. so it's that big kind of summer one that everybody gets behind you know and we spoke about this a few weeks ago where that summer blockbuster has yeah. not and, and as ridiculous as it is which yeah. you know where, where's that pop song that comes from it where's the Will Smith from Men in Black or the kind of you know the Ray Parker Jr. from Ghostbusters yeah. Pip Pip all it's Mr. B the Gentleman Rhymer here you're listening to Geeky Brummy on Brum Radio you might have been aware if you kept today any kind of eye on our Facebook Instagram or Twitter feed last week we were at Geek Out Millennium Point which were was we? We, we, were, <laughs> we, yes, were. we were and it was a bit of a celebration of all things geeky wasn't it it was, yeah. It was. It was a, a lovely um, sort of community event, and uh, you know, once the rain eventually stopped, you know, yeah. got a nice little crowd in. Yes, did. And Keith was there in two guises as well. He was like a full-on superhero that day. I, I, I even changed shirts halfway through. Unfortunately, I couldn't do that in a telephone box. I couldn't. Buy <laughs> I was really hoping I could do. That's a quick how change I got in really on that morning. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and George was there in full. First ever preview. First ever outing of my Wonder Woman cosplay, yeah. Um, a bit of a soft launch. I've now worked out which bits need to be hot glued again, <laughs> which bits try to fall apart during the day. Not fingers and toes this not time. Not fingers and toes this time. Which, or my socks. Or Dave's or socks, which is sock. what we did when we made it in the first yeah. place. <laughs> so we were there 10 till 4, there was loads of things on, there was joy pads. They're a bit of a local legend now where they come with six or seven consoles. I want one of those giant screens yes, for look. my house. They had a <laughs> yes. bit, it was, a, what do we reckon, about 30 foot about TV screen on the ceiling. Something and you could line like a beanbag yes. and it play video games. It was actually bigger than my flat. Yeah. 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 Mine too, yeah. yeah but <laughs> I want one anyway. Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to mount my television on the ceiling and line a beanbag now, inspired by joypads. Yeah, it was a, I really wanted to have a go on that and just couldn't <laughs> find time during the day. It was like they were playing yeah. Marvel vs. Capcom 3. It was like, oh, I want to yes. do that. And Keith, you were the busiest man in the known universe over at the green screen. Cra- crazily enough, yeah, we were doing a, a thing. I was over there helping out Infamous Community Arts. So we were doing a uh, green screen thing where yep. the, the kids were getting photographed in their best superhero poses and then sort and of being posed over yeah. on it. And George and George had a, uh, <laughs> a moment when there was an, another Wonder Woman who came along and I think was yeah. absolutely blown away by the fact she got to have her photo uh, taken that was with Wonder Woman. Day. I brilliant. timed that beautifully. It happened to be walking past and there was a girl in it. Has she made those there? She had her own two. No, she she'd made them beforehand so she brought them in so it was like and there there was a couple of guys there as well dressed up as spider-man and the flash uh and they were great i mean the kids had a great time and i've you know i've sent those pictures on to them and people have come back and said what a great day they were having i've got to say though out of all the photos that i saw from the day from you guys i think my favorite has to be if you've seen our show photo Phil. the photo the photographic proof that phil ellis does have the sunshine shining out of somewhere we should not mention um it's it's i I'm, I'm very happy with it. That one wasn't actually green screened. That's yeah, that's, that's how he just he went past yeah. the camera and that's what he captured. <laughs> he looks like God in the Monty Python sketch. Just this that's orange just glow yeah. permanently surrounding him. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's my Phoenix Force. Um, it is. Yeah. <laughs> right, so on segueing nicely onto that, Phil, you ran around for us and got a few interviews, didn't you? I did indeed. Yes. Yes. So we're just going to quickly listen to those and we'll be back shortly. Hi, this is Phil with uh, Geeky Brummy. I'm here at the Geek Out with Jen. Um, so, Jen, what uh, what are you doing here? Um, I'm Jen, and I'm from Jen's Tailor PA, and I have the Magic Photo Mirror, which is all customised today um, to reflect the event, which is the Geek Out event um, superhero theme on the Magic Mirror here. Awesome. We had our very own uh, George Elsmere, aka Wonder Woman, on the on the mirror earlier, and I've got to say it does look very, very cool. I can't wait to be uh, getting on it myself later. Um, what do you make of the event so far? It's brilliant. Obviously, as you said, we've got Wonder Woman over here. The kids are loving it. There's a lot going on around at the event as well. Um, everybody's been on the magic photo mirror um, tweeting, and so yeah, it's brilliant. It's a good family day out. It's free entry, so what more can't you not like about it? 
Well, fantastic. Agreed. And uh, if uh, any of our listeners want to find out more about you, where can they where can they find out that? You can go over to www.jenstaylorpa.co.uk or you can find me on Facebook or Twitter at jenstaylorpa. Right. Fantastic. Thanks very much. Thank you. I am here at the Geek Out and Millennium Point with Matt from Infamous Community Arts. Uh, so, Matt, you've got a couple of cool things going on here today. Can you tell us about them? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, what we've got going on today is we have lightsabers. So come along, you can make your own lightsabers. On top of that, then, we're also making uh, superhero masks. And also, you get an opportunity to work with other artists making your own comic book or graphic novel. And then on top of that, then, we've also got a green screen. So we can actually take pictures of people flying and doing superhuman feats. Fantastic. And uh, what do you make of the event so far? How do you think it's going? Um, it's been great so far. I mean, if I'm to be honest, um, I've been so busy that I haven't had a chance to look around myself. I mean, there's a big, massive screen over there that's got uh, a lot of computer games on it, which I'm very envious of. But uh, no, it's, it's been a busy day, so uh, and it looks really good. Awesome. And how can we find out more about you? Right, okay. Well, you can find us on Facebook, uh, Infamous Community Arts. Uh, we're online. We've got a website, uh, infamousarts.co.uk. Um, and we're only based in Albury, so uh, we are local. So, yeah. <laughs> I am here with uh, Chris from Joypads at the Geek Out and Millennium Point. So, Chris, can you tell us uh, what you guys are doing here? Um, so, we've brought along a few uh, comic book games. Uh, we've kind of specialised in creating a social environment to games. So, yeah, we've got a few Lego games. We've got some Marvel games. We just want people to enjoy the games and socialise. Awesome. And uh, this gigantic screen on the ceiling, is that you guys too? Yes, that is. <laughs> So the, the projector's uh, Millennium Points, but it's, I think it's the biggest screen I've ever seen anyway. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, if anyone who's not down here, we've, we've got gigantic beanbags on the floor. We've got a huge uh, sort of uh, fight, fighting game screen on the ceiling. I mean, I will be definitely hitting that up later. It looks awesome. Where can we find out more about you guys? Joypads.co.uk and on uh, Facebook, uh, Joypads Birmingham. I'm here with Kerry, who's a volunteer with Birmingham Children's Hospital Charity. Uh, we're at the Geek Out at Millennium Point. Um, so, Kerry, how do you think today is going? I think it's incredible. I think there's loads of things for people to do, and with the rain as it is, you should definitely get down here today and check it out. Awesome. Thanks very much. Carol Barrowman here, and you are listening to Brum Radio. That's my big sister, and we love the Brummies. And this is my wee brother. So now we're going to talk about some upcoming TV in the wonderful world world of US TV mainly um, Heather's pilot ordered by TV Land I, I don't know how it's to feel about this I, do we need it though I love Heather's it's, it's a you know, brilliant movie it really but. is and it, it's kind of one of, I mean I'm not, I don't want to be one of those bores who's like oh you know leave this property alone because it'll hurt my feelings and ruin my childhood and all that but it's like I mean I just I don't. If you're not going to improve on it, then don't. Yeah. And but it just. But they, obviously, their um, the big news is they're, they're going in a very different direction with it. And uh, instead of having a load of really sort of stuck-up wealthy white girls be the Heather's, it's going to be uh, uh, sort of more racially and sexually yes, diverse. There's going to be. Yeah, yeah. We've got a, a gender queer um, Heather. We've got a lesbian Heather. We've got a, a black Heather. It's going to be more kind of like the. Um, the out the outcast Heathers, yes. but I just don't know how that's going to work in the context of the film where they're all the they're the privileged. They were the princesses. Villains. Yeah, I, I, I think too when you do that with casting, when you cast deliberately like that, you run a bit of a, a risk of box ticking. Yeah. It was always one of those like my dad walking in when I was watching episode of Glee once and going like, oh they've got this diverse lineup. Is there going to be one in a wheelchair in a second? And then there was. Yeah. <laughs> and you kind of go, you've literally deliberately gone, well we need this and we need this and we need this to make this really diverse and representative, and it ends up becoming just awkward because you've yeah. done that rather than yeah. I think there's casting a good actors than, there's, yeah. a, there's yeah. a way to do um, diverse representation storytelling that isn't purposely doing it just for the sake of it mm. um, and it, 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 I, I mean, agree the, kind of, the, it feels original, like they're doing it just to try and make some kind of statement rather than yeah. have characters who are natural and organic and yeah. happen to be and you know and, and yeah. yeah it's it, I mean I'll obviously be sitting down and watching the pilot when it when it airs. I'll reserve judgment, but, but it, it, it sounds like it's going to be either the, the greatest thing or a car crash. But yeah. if you if you announce a show and go, we're going to we're going to remake Heather's, but we're going to go in a completely different direction to the film, 
why remake Heathers? If you're yeah. just going to go in a completely different remake, it's, it's, it's like somebody goes, it's like somebody goes, you know, yeah, I'm, we're going to remake Doctor Who, but it's going to be uh, a, a, a puppy, and they're not going to travel in time. Yeah. It's going to be animated, <laughs> and yeah, but it's still Doctor Who, you yes. know, because like we're I doing it. But just scared of original ideas, yeah. and and it's that sort of you know easy idea of right, well, we'll tack on a really well known and well loved name to this, and yeah. uh, and then we've got that built in audience straight away, rather than taking a risk and, and doing something a little bit more yeah. original. But who in America is called Heather these days? Heather Locklear, that's the only one yeah. I can think of. Yeah, the only yeah. Heathers I want to see are the Drag Race Heathers. That's, yes. that's what we need. Is I mean, if we, could cast, if we could cast Sorry. Raja, Manila and Delta and Carmen as the Heathers, I would watch that. that. Yeah. <laughs> the other guys here are just like, what? <laughs> then, then, then call the show Deltas, and then you're gonna get, you might get people tuning in thinking it's going to be some kind of like, you know, Ross... Kemp yes, kind of army thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ross Kemp in drag would be quite interesting to yeah. see Ross, Ross Kemp has that. yet to break America this yes. could be his yes, chance this could be his chance talking about stuff being remade 24 Legacy I mean do we really need another one I feel I mean, like that the franchise remake, has well, run its yeah course. I was going to say the most recent evil with Kiefer Sutherland it was kind of why has this been made isn't yes. it like 136 or something I, just, yeah, I, I don't feel like anyone really cares anymore I was going to say, it wasn't the last one, like him zipping around on a Zimmer friend. Yeah, I mean, how many bad days can one man have, really? Yeah. I I do, I remember the very first series was genuinely um, fascinating and groundbreaking TV. Mm -hmm. Um, But, again, it's that whole thing of 24 episodes in a series. Sorry, I'm I'm bored by about the fourth. Yeah. Um, so and I, I know that they're kind of trying to well I guess when, when did it first come out over 10 years ago yeah. so they're kind of trying to bring it to a new audience that, and a new generation it was but early millennial picture wasn't it yeah. yeah it was sort of the pre-lost wasn't yeah. it um, but yeah I just don't I don't. I think we need to move on I think that that idea is dead yeah. I mean yeah. the only person I know from the casting is Jimmy Smith and even he's not really that well oh. so, yes uh, I think he was <laughs> in Boardwalk Empire uh, he was he was in NYPD Blue and then yes. he was also Bail Organa in the Star Wars prequels. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. Course, yeah. So Dexter, sorry, not Baldwin. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a good he's a good actor. I've liked him yeah. in a lot of the things he's doing. But again, you know, twenty four. It's it's like Phil was saying with the Heather. So you're just trading off the name, right? Yeah, really. Exactly. You, yeah. you know, if you want to come up with a new detective show, create something, something new, something more yeah. exciting. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you know, having like a counter terrorist procedural or adventure story that's still something that's yeah. very re- relevant in, in 2016 but yeah, yeah. Um, just, just do, to be more original yeah. Yeah. yeah next show Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency starring Elijah Wood and Samuel Beckett I have high hopes for this I really yeah. like the Stephen Mangan one they did for Rachel Chapman yes. um, BBC4 BBC4 yeah. Yeah. and then it was an amazing series. couple of episodes and then it was just boom, done gone by where, where yeah. St- Stephen Mangan was really yes. good in he that was, show he was, he was and very, like, very funny you know, the books are great as well Yes, it's kind of like, but I like Elijah Wood's quite good because I've liked him in this, a series over the past few years called Wilf, where oh, he's got an yes. imaginary dog, which is kind of yeah. based on an Australian show. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Elijah Wood's been fantastic in that, and, and I could see it working. But do the quintessential English quirks of that character yes. translate to across? You know, because the kind of the, the whole tea stuff and, and things. It, it, yeah. I think again, it's it's, a, it's another case of trading off the name, yeah. but it won't be. I think it needs to be a British show. It's it's quintessentially yeah. British that, that show. Yeah, I mean you got Max Landis helming it, so we'll see what it's like. Uh, last one I want to mention today. We'll probably mention some more next week. Powerless. This strikes me as an interesting, uh, interesting the sort of take on the fantastic. superhero genre. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to that. And let's be honest, George, I think you're quite excited about the fact that Wonder Woman's supposedly in the pilot. Is she? I didn't know that. That's my, I'm most excited because Albert from Community is in it. I don't really yeah. need any, anything else to make me The geeky potentials are pretty, pretty yeah. Yeah. Rashida Jones in this one as well. Uh, it's Vanessa Hudgens, Alan oh, Tudyk, Danny Foody and Christina Kirk. So it's basically they clean up the mess that superheroes make it to these. But I quite, I quite like that. damage control from Marvel. I, I quite yeah. like that whole idea of, you know, this is what life is like for normal people in yeah. these worlds when you've got, you know, alien invasions and superheroes and supervillains. Mm-hmm. And then what what life is like, you know, just yeah. trying to get through the day yeah. when you've got your city being, you know, t- like leveled. Is it within the continuity of? Because we've seen Danny Pudi yes. already in some of the Avengers-led yes. films well, no, working at S.H.I.E.L.D. Ah. It's DC sort yeah. of problem. So no, yeah. that's, there you go, that's yeah. interesting. So yeah, yeah. Danny Pudi is in some of the Marvel ones working at S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. In a very kind of office admin role or at least. Yeah. Is he, gonna, <laughs> is he going to be played for laughs, or is he going to be kind of semi-serious? Or? So it should be interesting to see what happens on that one. I'd imagine looking at that cast, I'm it's going to be comedy with Alan yeah. Tudyk and Danny Pudi. Right, we have 
run out of time again. How will we manage to run out of time? Uh, in two, we hours? Have two hours. <laughs> yes. Come and say us at ice. Yes. We're come running back there now. We're we'll running back there now. We'll come and say hello. Introduce yourselves. We'll get you to future audio. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, Bye guys. Thanks for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please consider joining our listener supporters. You can do this by clicking the support tab on our website or go direct to Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Brum Radio. Brum Radio shows are streamed online at the Brum Radio Mixcloud page and you can find more podcasts at brumradio.com.